On today's show, Mary and I talk about getting money, holding money, and growing money. Okay, so this really is the mood and the energy I'm embodying all through the year and going forward. Money just finds its way to you. It does. Nah, I have a like it, man, with money. No, I just think money recognizes me. Money is comfortable around me. Money likes me. So money feels when it needs someone to talk to, it'll choose me in the crowd and it'll come and sit next to me. Whether it comes in a form of whatever, but it will choose me. I am Avakam Tom George, the quintessential host of Unearth You, the podcast. This podcast is your dose of inspiration that influences how we show up in the world and in relation to others. Please subscribe to the podcast in your podcast platform of choice. Read the show, leave a comment with a five-star review, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening on. Feel free to also share some insights or whatever connected with you on social media and tag us at unearth.you on Instagram so we can repost and share. Looking to support the podcast? Very easy. Drop us a tip on Shuklen. Link in the show notes. Let's get into the show. It begins at 3, 2, 1. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to today's show. Yeah, we're talking about money today. Money, money, money. (laughs) Right. I remember this movement I came across years ago called the FIRE movement. It means financially independent retire early and when i say the fire movement the people who started that movement mean it in every sense of the word they are people who want to retire in their 30s and in their 40s and are doing everything possible to make that a reality and not in a dishonorable way but like they're saving and investing so aggressively such that you know they meet that target personally i don't want to retire when i'm 30 or 40 i really want to climb that career ladder i just want to um do what i love to do like our money just flows seamlessly to me you know and i can be like anywhere like in my sleep making money not necessarily because i am retired in that in that in that sense right um so yeah on today's episode we're going to be talking about investing about saving about growing our our portfolio about how to invest what to invest in and all that good stuff because uh, the majority of people who listen to this podcast are millennials i think it is important that we get this right we just need to do this for our future for our our children for our lives right um personally i'm very big on budgeting i know that every month i should take a portion of my income for this 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 there's like an allocation for everything like even if i need to flex like this month i have a portion allocated like a budget for for flexing a budget for transportation i have a budget for for giving i don't believe that you should get all you can can all you get and sit on your can right i i believe in um, given a portion of what you get, like in whatever way given is, right? Uh, and then a portion for miscellaneous expenses as well, because there could be such, especially if you live in like Nigeria, you live in Lagos, right? A portion for emergency, right? Um, um, I recently started investing in Bitcoin. I know that Bitcoin is like red, red right now. And like the numbers are not looking so great and there is a dip, but yeah, I got, I joined this challenge Started by our guest the um Miramason where we save a, a dollar in Bitcoin every day for the rest of the year. And so like that's that just speaks to like little drops of water. Like as you don't really feel a dollar every day, like as opposed to when you pull like a, a huge sum. It's just that exchange rate is a bit shitty, but like I think that it's very fair. Right. Um so we just really need to get this right. The Bible also talks a lot about 
you know, saving and investing for your future. It talks about the parable of the talents. One was given one talent, one was given five, one was given three. And we saw what happened when the one that was given five and three sold their talents, how they got like double folds, right? So it also talks about like throwing your, casting your bread on the water and after how many days you're going to find it again, right? Um, I think that 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 particular scripture in Ecclesiastics actually speaks to different things. Like when you throw it out there, when you not indiscriminately throwing it out there but like strategically throwing it out there it would definitely come back to you it's not really about how much money you make but how much money you keep how it works for you and how many generations you keep it for being able to take this wealth and make it generational yes because because a penny saved or invested is a penny earned okay at this juncture let's have mary Mary, thank you for joining us on the show today. Give us a brief, brief, brief about you and let our audience um, get to know you and then we'll kick you from there. Hi, Obakam. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Super excited. My name is Mary Victoria Imaswen and I am a lawyer by training, um, but I'm into a lot of other stuff. I am the host of two podcasts. The first is The Fintech X, which is a podcast about the fintech experience and your experience with fintech and personal finance. There I talk about fintech apps um, and also how you can use these fintech apps to improve your personal finance. The second podcast um, that I'm a host of is called The Knobcast. So that podcast is focused on simplifying Bitcoin for our listeners. And um, I interview people from the Bitcoin ecosystem and they share their stories and also explain like certain concepts about Bitcoin and the Bitcoin ecosystem. So yeah, it's really fun. And I'm the founder of a newsletter called Relish Abundance, which is a newsletter about, you know, personal finance tips um, and also how you can embody the rich vibe. So there I share my personal experience um, in my personal finance journey and also like some money mindset tips that would help you <laughs> to improve your relationship with money and um, I also run a content management agency and yeah I think that's really about me <laughs> thank you so much Mary for coming through uh, it's been a long time coming actually I particularly enjoy Relish Abundance a lot so I posted the link to the newsletter a couple of times in my stories and I remember one time when someone reached out to me saying oh that she had read the newsletter and she was really excited that I shared and that she was going to she, it was really inspiring because she was going to take actions into saving more money and having like an emergency fund set up so thank you so much for all you do like with the newsletter and with the podcast i remember you talking about mindsets and one of the um, issues of the newsletter so i just wanted to talk about that in a broader perspective here what are the most daunting mindsets you've come across um, in coaching clients or coaching people talking about money generally so this is a really good question there are a lot of different mindsets that I observe from people when they reach out to me, um, especially when they ask questions about how they can work on their personal finance. But the most common one is that of scarcity. So scarcity shows up in like different ways. So the most apparent one is where we always feel like there isn't enough money to go around. I don't have enough money to do ABC. Money doesn't grow on trees and stuff like that. So something along those lines. But then scarcity also shows up in very subtle ways, like especially when we're like, um, we want, I want to invest, but I feel like there isn't enough money for me to invest or I need to hustle. Like I need to work really hard 
um, in order for me to have enough money for me to do what I want to do. And that is also a sign, like a subtle sign of scarcity. And be- that, and the reason why it's that you tend to associate the hours you put in to how much money you'll get. And you limit yourself to receiving money through only that form. It sounds very harmful when you say, oh, I'm hustling, I'm pushing it. But what you're saying is that you have to do something in order for you to receive more money. Um, and it sounds really weird, especially when we were not even told about the potential about receiving money um, in different forms. We feel like the only way we can receive money is through working. But the truth is that there are people who uh, receive money through other means, right? People are gifted money. Uh, people make money through just, you know, maybe talking about something that they love, uh, which is not necessarily work. Uh, people are given money to just speak their truth. And some of these things just literally blow your mind. Like, for example, I was, um, I for some days now, or rather some weeks now, I've been uh, examining Twitch. So I'm into social media and I just love checking out different platforms and how they work and the user psychology behind these platforms. And I came across this Twitch um, stream where this guy was literally sleeping. He was literally filming himself sleep and people were sending him money. And there were a lot of people watching that stream. And I was like, why would anyone just sit down and watch this stream? Um, and just literally mind blowing. So this guy is is literally making money in his sleep. Which is very interesting to think about it. But if you meet people who are like, the only way for me to make money is through working, you totally shut yourself off from other opportunities through which money can come in. Um, And so that's the scarcity part. Uh, Another aspect that I see a lot in people is the fact of that they feel unworthy to receive money. Um, This sense of unworthiness usually comes from uh, them feeling not good enough to make a lot of money. Some people are like, oh, I'm okay at this level. I would love to make more, but that, but being rich is just for a certain sect or selected set of people. And they don't feel worthy enough to count themselves as being entitled to that a lot large amount of money or that, you know, wealthy lifestyle for themselves. You do not need to do anything special in order for you to be worthy or deserving of money you're worthy of money just because you exist that's it um and but and this is just a very difficult concept for people to grasp because they're like no i need to do something i need to be slimmer i need to i need to work more i need to exercise more i need to do this all these millionaires got their money like this like this like this um and they completely shut themselves off from the truth that you don't have to be more or less of anything before you are entitled to money. You, who, you, you that's listening to this podcast, you're entitled to being abundant just because, just because you exist. The only thing that's stopping you from seeing this abundance right now is the belief that you have grown and you've, you've gotten used to believing over time that you need to do something in order to be rich. Several years ago, we didn't know it was possible to make a living out of social media, right? So there was a time in my life when I was, because I'm 
was so into studying user, um, social media user behavior, social media strategy, uh, social media psychology, so that I would literally go on social media to study content. And I still do that, really. Um, if you see me on social media, just scrolling and stuff, a lot of people feel like I'm just, you know, pressing my phone or, you know, just chatting with somebody. But the truth is I'm literally studying platforms, studying content, trying to figure out why this content performed a lot better from the next one, um, what the user psychology is of this um, platform over the other and things like that. Um, and there was a time in my life, I think, um, maybe I think I was in my third year or fourth year in university, I can't really remember, where I was scrolling through um, Facebook one day. I was like, man, I wish this, this was a job. Like, I wish I could do this for a living. And literally, my wish did come true. I, I handle um, content, I handle social media. Like, that's what I do for a living. Imagine you are literally a tap, right? You know how a tap is always flowing. Um, the only reason why you don't see the tap like the water coming out of the tap is because you didn't turn the handle or you didn't, um, yeah, you didn't turn the handle, you didn't open the tap. By the time you open the tap, water just gushes out. Um, in the same way, abundance is always flowing to you. Um, the reason why it's not coming out or not manifesting is because you haven't turned on your tap. But by adamantly holding on to your limiting beliefs, you're keeping tap shut scarcity and the sense of unworthiness around money are like the two common things and we weren't born restricted we were taught to restrict ourselves that's basically more often than not because um, our parents didn't know any better so it's not your fault that you have these limiting beliefs but it will be your fault if upon knowing that you have these limiting beliefs you're not doing anything about it um, the fact that you desire to be a more abundant than you are right now is just a sign that um, you have abundance in you that it wants to come out. So the question is, are you ready to open the tap? Hmm. Well, thank you, Mary, for that. I just want to mention, <laughs> let me just chip it in because like of the current climb right now like on twitter and um you know people just talking about oh how can you just sit down and do nothing and money will flow to you i please this is a very nuanced conversation so um let's take that in context besides nothing here doesn't mean nothing it means like something it's not nothing in perpetuity but like you must have done something that would have triggered um the inflow of wealth the inflow of money right you're sleeping and your money is making money for you your money is working for you right I hear that for every bottle of Coca-Cola sold, a particular family makes money off every single bottle. Same applies when you say that um, Elon Musk or Bill Gates makes how much dollar like every single minute, like even in your sleep. They have structures and systems in place that make this possible. Um, so just need to chip that in. So yeah, for a newbie, Mary, like I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to start. Um, I'm just listening to the podcast for the first time and I'm here because, well, it's a money conversation. There are a lot of options out there. Which one should I begin with? What platform should I use? Right. Mary, please help them. Help us. Where should we start from? Okay, well, there are so many different types of investment options. So let me start with the most common one, investing in shares. So when you invest in shares, what you're doing is that you are owning a piece of the company. The shares is actually evidence of the fact that you do own a piece of that company. And there are two ways of like financially benefiting from this. The first is by 
benefiting from the fact that the value of the company increases over time. So what you're doing is at the time you bought the share, you're benefiting from the difference in the increase in price or the value of the company at that time. So let's say, for example, you bought shares of company A at maybe $70. And then after about a year, company A increases in value and to become $100. And so you are benefiting from the fact that you've made $30 in, $30 in profit. Another way that you benefit financially from investing in the shares of a company is that some companies offer what we call dividend. So dividend literally is a portion of the profits that the company makes that they share with their shareholders. So it's like, thank you so much for being a sh our shareholder. Um, here is a bit of the profits that we made this year and want to share with you. So it's like you are earning passive income when you invest in companies that give you a dividend. Because what's happening is that you're getting this extra money just because you are the owner of those number of shares from that company. And usually dividend is given on pro rata basis, meaning it is given in accordance to or in proportion to the number of shares that you bought. So let's say um, if you bought one share of a company that gives maybe um, 50 cents as dividend, then if you buy like two shares, you're going to get $1 as dividend. Um, two, uh, four shares, you get $2 as dividend and so on and so forth. So the goal really is to consistently buy shares uh, on a monthly basis or quarterly or even daily. Some people buy shares daily so that you increase the number of units of shares that you own and then you can benefit from these two ways that I mentioned earlier. So that's investing in shares. Um, personally, I am a dividend investor, so I go for companies that pay a dividend, um, preferably a monthly dividend, so that every month I'll be getting passive income from these companies. But you have some people that prefer to be uh, to go into like investing in growth companies, right? So by growth companies, I'm talking about companies that go really fast um, and that the value of their shares increase really fast over time. Like for example, uh, look at Tesla, right? Tesla is a company, is a fast growing company. Um, and what happens with them is that, okay, I think they're, if I'm not mistaken, I think their um, value is about $700 or so. Um, but we know that over time, it's, it can get to as high as $1,000, right? So people want to benefit from that by investing in these growth companies. That's why these growth companies do not give out a dividend because the money or the profit that they get um, from their operations, um, they plow back that money into the company so the company can grow faster. Whereas companies that give out dividends are companies that have been in existence for a long time, um, um, they're doing quite well. And so instead of just plowing back all of the profit to the company, they just decide to share some. It's not that they don't, you know, take some for the growth of the company as well, but they just prefer to give um, a portion to their shareholders. So those are, um, that's a way to invest in shares. Um, you can also invest in real estate, right? So, um, and you can invest in real estate in two different forms. So the first one is by investing what we call real estate investment trust, REITs, that's R-E-I-T. 
Um, so REIT is basically a company that invests in real estate. Um, so as you're investing in this company that invests in real estate and you get dividend at the end of the month or quarter or um, however they they structure their dividend payments, um, what you're doing initially is you are investing in real estate. So as you're investing in this company, you're, in, you're helping this company have money to invest in real estate. So indirectly, you are investing in real estate as well. So according to law, um, REITs are expected to give out 90% of their profits um, by law to those who um, buy REITs. So that means um, the possibility of you getting more in dividends um, and REITs is just like a way you can just get into the real estate market. Another way of investing in real estate is RiseVest. RiseVest is actually an app that allows you to invest in dollar-denominated assets. What I mean by this is that um, the investment plans that are on the app are all valued in dollars, right? So uh, they have a plan called the real estate plan. And what they do is that they actually have properties that they invest in. Um, so take it, for example, that RiseVest is the one who picks out these properties. So when you save in the, their real estate plan, they're taking your money and investing in these properties. And so when they receive rent or maybe they sell a property, um, you get to benefit from this through your rate of, through the rate of returns, right? And, um, right now, the rate of returns for, Real, the real estate plan is about 14% per annum. And, it, you know, it's really cool that these fintech applications make this possible. I know I forgot to mention that the platforms you can buy shares from, uh, there are three platforms that I've used and they're quite good. Um, the first one is Bamboo. Um, that platform allows you to buy foreign stocks. So stocks that are, you know, like, you know, Tesla, Apple, and Co. Um, and then you have Trove. So Trove, with Trove, you can buy local stocks and foreign stocks. So you can do both on the same platform. Local stocks, meaning you can buy stocks from companies or shares from companies that are in Nigeria. Um, and then another alternative to Trove is Chaka. So Chaka also allows you to invest in foreign and um, as well as local stocks. Um, they're all very good platforms, so make sure you try them out. They're actually very good. I primarily base my investment on um, dollar-denominated assets, so I go with Bamboo. Um, I've been using it for a long time, and it's been pretty good. Um, so that is investing in stocks and real estate. Another thing that you can invest in is um, fixed income. So... Again, RiseVest has another plan, which is a fixed income plan, where you can invest in, um, the, I mean, I know at, at the early stage, they used to call it euro bonds. So these are more like safe assets, if, if you allow me to put it that, that way. Um, you know that they have, um, they're a low risk investment. So you know that it is not going to be so susceptible to, market changes and all that or even if it is it won't um it doesn't move as drastically as the other kind of investments right um like for example right now we are facing a bear market 
in when it comes to stocks. So stocks go up and down, and it can be a little in comparison to bonds, right? Um, stocks can be a little volatile, and then cryptocurrency even more volatile. Um, so fixed income investments or fix the fixed income plan on RiseVest allows you to invest in in invest in assets that are less riskier. Let me put it that way. Um, but the return on investment for those assets are about uh, 10%, 10 to 12%, if not, I'm not mistaken, um, per annum. So that's that. Um, so if you are risk averse, you might want to look at that kind of investment. Um, preferably, I think it's really good to have a mix of different kind of investments. And the reason is that you benefit one from the difference in um, rate of returns. Uh, for example, all those shares are riskier, you are you have the higher potential of earning more money through shares because it is risky. You have like real estate, which is you know a little lower in risk in term in the risk scale, if you ask me. Um, and yeah, so it's good to have like a healthy mix of all these different type of assets, so that way one cushions the other depending on the certain um, certain market conditions. So for example. Um, oh, so let me just go into cryptocurrency before I give you that example. I think it will be a lot um, easier to picture it that way. So another investment is cryptocurrencies. And I mean, it's it's very common. People hear about it. And um, one of the major characteristics of a cryptocurrency is that it is extremely volatile, right? It, the price goes up and down really quickly, like things could change in an instant and stuff. But it also has the potential of bringing in a really handsome return. Um, we have heard a lot of stories of people who have become millionaires through cryptocurrencies and stuff. But I'd rather look at it from a point of view of, um, you know, a long-term asset. Um, so I invest in Bitcoin, right? I Bitcoin to me is a long-term asset and it is one that... Although it is volatile, it carries a lot of um, other benefits that come along with it, right? So aside from the financial aspect, because it has like a, a historical rate of return of about 200%, um, like the S&P 500, which is uh, an index fund, it has um, a traditional like rate of return of between 7 to 10% per annum, Um you can see it performs a lot better than um, our traditional um, in index funds. But aside from that, I feel like Bit something like Bitcoin is one that gives you financial autonomy because you are no longer investing in a decentralized uh, on a centralized asset. Um, where we are in investing in a decentralized asset, meaning that you're investing in something that cannot be controlled by a centralized body being the central bank or the government so back to my example it's always good to have like a healthy mix of these different type of investments um, because you tend to benefit from them in different levels like for example if you focus so much on having like just fixed assets um, it's great you are going you're getting a good return definitely a lot better than what banks give you but um you grow your portfolio a lot slower right um but if you're only investing in real estate which is also another um great investment um 
although your rate of returns is definitely a lot higher than just investing in um, fixed income, you tend to grow your portfolio a lot like slower, okay, in comparison to other riskier assets that help you grow your portfolio a lot faster. Um, that's why it's good to have like a healthy mix because one will cushion the effect of the other. Now we're going through a bear market or bear market being a market where the prices of a lot of these assets are going down. For example, stocks have been down this part of January. Cryptocurrencies have been down, although some are performing really well, but like a lot of them have been down, most especially Bitcoin has been down. Um, so imagine if you, all of your investment portfolio was just focused on stocks and cryptocurrency, you'd probably be so depressed <laughs> right now. Um, but if you had like a healthy mix, like real estate, I think real estate is still doing really well, even during this period. Um, fixed income is doing quite okay. I mean, less, less risk. So you're able to balance or cushion the effect of what's happening currently in, in the stock market and also in the cryptocurrency market. So that's, um, about those investment options. Then we also have these new investment options like NFTs. So NFT stands for non-fungible token. So, you know, I mean, if I'm to try and describe it, it's more like, Maybe an art piece or an, um, like an art piece or digital item that carries great value in the market, right? Um, you, when you buy it, you are buying an asset, basically. Um, so if you're an NFT creator, you can create all these art pieces and sell them in the market. Um, and the idea is that people buy it with the hopes that the value of that art piece will increase over time, just like the way people buy like um, all these fancy art pieces, you know, in, from art galleries, for example. Kind of built the same way, if you ask me. So we know that over time it's going to increase in value. Of course, there are other factors that help it increase in value. So if you're interested in the NFT space, for example, and you're an, um, you're an NFT creator, you'll know that what increases the value of your NFT is one, the story behind your NFT, to the community behind your NFT, and um, also whether people believe in that initiative or not. But mainly, it is the community that drives the value of this NFT. Um, so the popular NFTs that we hear of, like cyberpunks um, and the rest, they do very well because there's a huge community behind them. But if you're not an artist, you can also benefit from investing in NFTs as um, a collector, right? You see a piece that looks really good and that has a very good um, community behind them. You can literally buy this piece with uh, in the anticipation that you are going to, that this piece is going to increase in value over time. So that is for NFTs. Now, like I said, always have like a healthy mix um, of the different kind of investment opportunities that are available. One will cushion the effect of the other. Um, and don't ever go into like investing in all these different assets with the mind of getting rich quick, right? We're looking at where the goal should always be about building your wealth, right? And you know, what is good takes time. So you're building your wealth, you're, you have this goal that in the next couple of years, you will be financially stable. Um, that should be the goal and not to get rich quick. Because one thing about investing is that when you're investing as you start cultivating the habit of 
investing consistently, what happens is that you are learning more about money, you're being more confident about money and how it works. Your money mindset is growing and improving as you're investing. The more you invest and the more you learn about these assets that you're investing in, the more you are able to handle more money as it comes in because you are building that muscle. So that's what it's like. Um, but you see those people who are like millionaires overnight, like maybe you won the lottery and stuff more often than not, they end up losing all that money because they did not, they, they did not train that muscle where they got to understand money, understand how it works and know the best places to invest in. So yeah, it's, that's basically that. Thank you for that. That was really loaded. Okay, so this is my next question here. I know I've personally asked you before, um, and I still have a screenshot of the responses that you gave because it was really powerful. I'm going to ask you again um, for the benefit of um, our listeners. How do you choose? Like, I don't think it's enough to just, okay, say I want to invest in this and this and in this. How do you now choose the companies that you want to invest in? So this is a really good question, and I would like to start with saying that it's always good to invest in a company that you understand. So if you look at Warren Buffett, Warren, one thing about Warren Buffett is that he doesn't invest in companies he doesn't understand. Like people have told him about Bitcoin before and he, he didn't understand it. So he doesn't see any need to invest in it. Um, he has spoken very heavily against it. Um, and that's because he doesn't understand it. Uh, he, there was a time when he wasn't into investing in technology companies. Um, and basically I think that's because he didn't understand it. So always invest in a company that you understand. Um, and the reason for this is when you invest in a company that you understand, you're able to be more resilient, especially when the market doesn't do well. Now, to be very honest, the market moves in waves, right? You have times when the market is doing well, like the prices are up and then there are times when the market is not doing so well and the prices are down. Okay, it's a current money moves up and down. It's a normal thing. Um, if you look at a chart, right? If you look at the market charts, you'll see that the price always goes up and down, but the general direction of the value of the company is up or the general direction of the value of the company is down. But that's like on the side. So always go for a company that you understand. Now, you might be like, but I don't know any company. I mean, so I would say, what are some products and services that you're using right now on a daily basis? For example, if when you go outside, maybe you want to hang out with friends and you are thirsty, what's the first drink you go for? And I'm, I'm not just talking about water. Like, what's that first drink you go for? And for me, it's Coca-Cola. Uh, I love the taste. I've been drinking it ever since I was a child. Um, it's something that makes me feel good. I mean, Overcome knows it, this very well. When we were in law school, I would literally drink several bottles of Coca-Cola every day. People knew me on my row because I drank a lot of Coke, right? They just know me. Like, <laughs> my friends would even be like, oh, Mary, Coca-Cola again? But yeah, like, I've been drinking Coca-Cola for so long. And if you're going to give me two bottles, one Coke, one Pepsi, I would always go for the Coke, right? So Coca-Cola is actually a well-known company that gives you dividend on a quarterly basis. It has stood the test of time. It's been around for years and it gives you dividend. 
So that's one company. Their branding is great. Um, they have amazing ads. They know just the right people to choose for the ads. Um, they are always in all these different partnerships. So you know Coca-Cola and you trust them and you know that they are going to continue producing. Like, I don't ever see a reason why Coca-Cola will go down, down under, right? It's going to take a while. They're an international company. You have Coca-Cola over, over the world. It's just, I mean, Coke is just great. <laughs> so let's look at another company, right? Um, what are some products you use on a daily basis? So let's look at self-care products. So we have, um, you know, powder, oils, you know, tissue, all these other things. And companies that produce that, one of them that comes to my mind is Johnson & Johnson. Um, Johnson & Johnson has been around for years. They also give you dividends. Uh, I think they, their dividends are quarterly. So when I was a baby, I used, my mom got me Johnson & Johnson. That's what she used for me, right? Um, Johnson baby oil, I think that's what it was. Um, and then my mom was also using Johnson Johnson before she got married. So like, that's like a household product that she's been using for a long time. So when you know about all this, you know that Johnson Johnson is a company that stood the test of time. It's been around. And what's interesting about Johnson Johnson is that they have a variety of products. And ver when you see a company that is, that has a diverse or, um, has diversity in terms of products, it's just a sign that this company can stand for a long time. Why? Because they're not dependent on only one product in order for the business to be running. They're, they have a, an array of products that you can choose from. Um, and one thing about Johnson & Johnson is that their products cut across different age groups, meaning that there's always there'll always be a demand for these products even as the person or the consumer grows, right? They have baby products. So when the child grows older, they also have like products they can use as a teenager or whatever. Then they have like adult products like lube, for example. Um, and, you know, these are just examples anyway. And now with the coronavirus, right? Johnson Johnson got into producing a vaccine for the coronavirus. I'm not talking about the efficacy or not or all that. That's like besides the point. But just to tell you that they're involved in all these different areas, um, that means they are, they have the potential of being like a very strong company and that they'll stand the test of time. Um, I'm looking for another company. Okay. For example, you are extremely tired. You're the kind of person that works all night, all day. And you're like, man, I need an energy boost. What's the drink that you, you go, you go for? Most of us who's listening to this podcast will probably go for Monster. Um, and did you know that Coca-Cola has a stake in Monster? Um, like, so just look at all these different products around you that you use on a regular basis. That's a nice way to get started or to choose a company that um, you want to, to invest in. Let's look at Apple, for example. Now, a lot of you who's listening to this podcast right now, you're probably listening to it from an iPhone. Uh, or if you're not listening to it from an iPhone, you desire to one day listen to this podcast on an iPhone because you're probably saving money for an iPhone or you're listening to this podcast on Spotify, which is a company, by the way, um, that you can invest in. It's a growth company. It, they don't give dividend, but they've been growing really fast. Um, you're listening to Spotify on your MacBook, right? Do you see where I'm getting? Um, and of course, when you want to listen to something on your MacBook, maybe you don't want to disturb those who are sitting around you or you just want to have like this, you know, personal space you pop in your 
um, AirPods. <laughs> you pop in your AirPods and you're, you know, and then as you're listening to this, you just got a reminder on your um, Apple I I watch right your your Apple Watch that you need to you know stop listening to the podcast in the next fifteen minutes because you have a meeting, um, so you use these products on a daily and you know that you know and we already know about the Samsung I mean I said Samsung the Android iPhone um, you know argument and stuff and why iPhone is better blah 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 and you you always want to be on the winning side so like these are things that make people connected to these products these are things that will make you want to be loyal to this product because you've used it before you've used it you love it um there's a community behind it what you know believe it or not um you know that you're going to continue using it until the until you die <laughs> like for example um it, whenever apple is releasing a new product you know an iphone or whatever the q um, to the store is like insane. There are people who pre-order like months in advance. Like you can really tell that it's a very strong company and it will last. Um, it will stand the test of time. And guess what? They give you dividends on a quarterly basis, right? So, if I'm to break this down, um, I would say step one: look at products that you're already using. Um, and then step two: what do you? do you trust these products why do you trust them why do you like them this will go into um looking deeper into the company and then you now look the next thing is to do more research about the company um and it's this is what came to this is what i learned when i was doing research on pepsi so i invest in coca-cola and pepsi now although i'm a huge fan of coca-cola pepsi has a diverse range of products I mean, a lot of people don't know that. So Pepsi, we always feel like, oh, Pepsi is just that or whatever. They're just, you know, com they, they compete against Coca-Cola. But if I were to choose between Pepsi and Coca-Cola in terms of which stock to buy, I probably would go with Pepsi because they have a wide range of products under them. So they don't only produce um, Pepsi as it is. They produce um, different juices they tell me I think they even produce aquafina if I'm not mistaken and then aside from that they also produce a lot of snacks that you can have with your these beverages right so it's literally like a beverage empire if you allow me to say that um, and like I said in the earlier examples with Johnson and Johnson they have a diverse range of products and because they have a diverse range of products, the possibility of them standing the test of time is really high. And they're not dependent on just that Pepsi bottle, right? Um, they also have other products that people enjoy and love um, that they would go for. And these are things to show that the company will stand for a long time. And that um, if one product fails, they have another set of products that will help cushion the effect, right? So... What is that What is that product that you use on a regular basis? What's the company behind it? Um, and then that will inform you on the decision of um, knowing if this is the company you should invest in. So if then the next thing you should look at is what kind of investment strategy do you want to go for? So are you interested in going for growth companies or for um, dividend uh, yielding companies, right? So like I mentioned earlier, um, I'm a dividend investor. I rather go for companies that give a dividend, meaning that when I want to invest in a company, even though the products are great or whatever, or I'm a huge fan, um, sometimes 
um, the, the whether the company gives off dividend or not would be a determining factor for me because that is the strategy that I want to follow. So, oh, if you don't mind being a growth investor, um, you might be interested in going for companies like Tesla um, because you see that Tesla, aside from the fact that they're a really cool brand and stuff like that, and you know maybe you 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 dream of owning a Tesla one day. You can see that they they have like bigger contributions in terms of being environmentally friendly. So these are things that could help you make that decision. Of course, there are other things that you could you should look at or other things you could look at. But on the very elementary stage, if you follow these these steps, you will be able to choose a company that would um, that would give you good returns in the long run. Other things to look at that's as you learn more about investing would be the financials right what's their financial standing do they own any debt um are they making a lot of money so that's looking at the financial books and papers and a lot of people who are into um, investing in companies they look at in look at all those things um but like if you want to just start investing and all that in that elementary level you can't go wrong if you invest in a company that one um you believe in Two, they have a variety of products um, under their product range. And then three, you know that they will stand the test of time. One, because they are evolving with the times. Like look at look at Apple. They're always evolved with the time. Now with the metaverse coming in, they're working on projects around the metaverse. They're building like their own VR glasses and stuff. Um, they're going into creating electronic cars. Um, so you can see they're evolving with the time. Um, then look at Johnson. Johnson is also involved in time. They also stepped in when it came to the coronavirus outbreak um, and stuff like that. So those are things you can look at and you most or more often than not, you'll make a good decision when it comes to investing. Wow. Like, wow. <laughs> I love how you tied everything together, like Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Monster. Like I wouldn't even have known um, I didn't know that it was, I mean, it didn't just occur to me that, like, it's the same Johnson & Johnson that will do the, that, that does the vaccine. Like, it just never, I just really never tied everything together. This is, like, so brilliant. Okay, let's talk about, like, dealing with FOMO, like, um, fear of missing out. I've seen people make terrible financial decisions. Um, I'm not going to divorce myself, myself of that as well. You know, people get into Ponzi schemes, get into pyramid schemes, MLM, how do they call it now, multi-level marketing, like just different things just to make money. And I feel like, oh, if I don't jump on the bandwagon, I'm going to miss out on this, right? If I don't buy this coin, if I don't get into this scheme or I don't do this, I'm just going to miss out. And I feel like people have sunk a lot and have lost a lot of money because of that. Jumping on the next shiny thing, you know, fear of missing out on what's shiny, what's the next, similarly the be next best best thing, you know. So how do you like deal with FOMO when you're, in, you're venturing into investing and trying to retire early? Oh yeah, FOMO is a big thing. So when it comes to the fear of missing out, a lot of people approach it with like approach investing with uh, desperate energy and desperate energy is not a good energy to approach investment because when you come to money with a desperate energy it always um, attracts like mishaps it attracts you know wrong decisions it's just really bad so when it comes to dealing with FOMO one of the things that you need to keep at the back of your mind is you need to 
find ways to ground yourself. Um, by that, I mean, find ways that would help you clear your mind to the point that when you want to start making an investment decision or want to take that step um, into investing, you're taking that in step with like with a better understanding and um, instead of like going for just instead of just guessing. So uh, one of the first ways to deal with FOMO is to tell somebody about your intention to invest. Um, usually when you tell somebody who is already investing that you want to invest and you just want to, or you tell them that, oh, I just feel like investing in NFTs. I don't know what to do. Um, I just know that I want to invest in NFTs. And you tell this person about it, they would probably guide you on the best steps to take when it comes to investing in NFTs. The same thing goes with stocks, the same thing goes with real estate and on and on. Um, and the reason for this is that when someone starts explaining how to invest in those different investment options, you start to um, gain understanding one and it grounds you. It gives you the necessary information that you can use to take a, a better and more educated um, step towards investing. And then another option would be to educate yourself. So go out and watch YouTube videos. There are a lot of YouTube videos out there now, which is really good. Um, that will tell you the best ways to invest, what to invest in, what to, what to look out for. And these are, this is also a way to ground yourself because you do not want to go in and start investing with that desperate energy. You want to go in and invest with the energy of this thing is going to benefit me and I have reasons why. And so, for example, um, when I started going into dividend investing, I invested like, um, so I started off with investing in like different stocks, right? I didn't know what I was doing. I was just, you know, I had this, I felt like I needed to learn how to invest in stocks. Um, everyone is investing in stocks. I mean, I would read books of these rich people and they're always investing in one company or another. I just want to do it. And so I registered on Bamboo, got like the minimum investment in Bamboo is $20. So I um, credited my wallet with $20 and I just said, okay, you know what? I'm just going to take $10 and just invest it in this company and this company and this company. And I was just investing on a whim. Like I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and that was like literally FOMO, right? I need to just invest. I need to just invest. Um, but the more I started educating myself about um, investment, uh, especially investing in stocks, the more I started making better steps or started taking better steps when it came to investing. So um, for, I didn't have anyone around me to ask if I could invest in something, right? So I just jumped in and just started investing. Um, but one day when, so I think I invested in Apple, I invested in uh, Tesla, I invested in Spotify and some other companies like that. And then one day I got a notification that um, Apple stock, Apple dividends were paid. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I started asking myself, hey, why is it that I got dividends from Apple, but I didn't get it from Tesla or these other companies? Um, that's what got me into dividend investing. And so the more I started watching YouTube videos about it, I started to understand that dividend investing is a thing. And I started aligning my strategy along that line. Um, and now when I invest, I know that, okay, whatever company that comes out, I want to make sure that it's... Um, it gives out dividend and I want to make sure that it gives out dividend on a monthly basis and not a quarterly basis because that just, you know, 
uh, that's just a strategy I want to follow. I'm not saying that my strategy is the best. Make sure you do your research, but like um, that's what I've been doing. And then the third way of dealing with FOMO is to, you know, start small. So if let's say for example you um, have no one to ask around um, when it comes to investing. Um, or you watch some YouTube videos, or you just, you know, wanted to just hop in, even though always have at the back of your mind that you should start with money that you know, and you're willing to lose. Um, that's what I did with bamboo. I put in $20, but I invested only $10 because I wasn't really sure about what I was doing. Um, when, you know, most times we tend to learn better when we experience things. Um, when you experience things, that's just how you will inf- build your knowledge on how to start investing, especially if you don't have anyone to ask or your the information out there isn't enough for you to um, work with. Uh, so start small, start with something that you know you can lose. Um, and you, when you do that, you know you're minimizing the risks uh, when it comes to investing. So those are my three tips when it comes to dealing with FOMO and in investing. Okay, thank you. I, I just want to ask this next question and for myself, and because I think that you are pro at what you do, you're pro at like just knowing what options might be very lucrative in the long run. I read something somewhere that I can't remember. It was just very, just very brilliant tweets. I'll, I'll try to check. I don't know what I'm saying, but um, what companies and investment options are you eyeballing? in 2022 i'm just interested i'm just curious to know um so there are quite a number of things i'm looking at this year first of all i really want to move most of my portfolio to cryptocurrencies so um my investment strategy has evolved over the years and um, i started off with mutual funds and then from there i graduated to you know investing in agriculture i think that was the next um, investment thing i tried stocks then real estate and cryptocurrencies and now i'm just i think i want to start focusing my portfolio um, or my investments to increase my real estate assets and also my crypto assets my crypto assets more um this year so i'm looking to of course buy more bitcoin (laughs) um and like this is just an amazing time to do that because the as we're speaking like the we're currently in the bear market so like it's literally black friday um for any cryptocurrency space um and for me like so i've been very i'm very bullish on bitcoin i will continue continue to be bullish on bitcoin in 2022 um and then also, in the other aspect of cryptocurrencies, of course, uh, we'll be investing more in Cardano. Um, they're doing amazing stuff and they have like new projects coming up, which is really exciting. Um, and yeah, definitely be investing in that. But one that I feel that I want to really go full, full on because I've been investing in Bitcoin and Cardano for a while now. Um, but one new um, cryptocurrency I'm looking at is um, Sand. Um, so it's Sandbox. So it's a coin from Sandbox. And Sandbox is actually a metaverse. And, you know, like the metaverse is becoming a really big thing. Um, and I just want to start like participating in the metaverse. So Sandbox, definitely something I'm looking into. Um, there's also like Decentraland. Um, but like, I don't know. I just feel moved to going for a Sandbox. I mean, I could be wrong. Like I could change my course but what i do know is that i want to invest more in the metaverse um so 
Another thing I'm looking at is the Meta ETF, which is an ETF, um, you know, focused on companies that are one way or another um, involved in the metaverse. So you can buy ETFs using a brokerage app like Bamboo, Trove, and Chaka. I'm not, I haven't confirmed whether the Meta ETF is in Trove or Chaka, but I did see it on Bamboo. So I'm thinking of looking into that. I've not done my research yet, so um, I want to do my research before I go into it. But definitely investing in the metaverse is huge. Um, I'm also looking at Chainlink, actually. Um, so when it comes to um, different decentralized uh, assets, right, we're looking at like there are so many of them, like so many. Like, and there will always be new um, cryptocurrencies, new assets and stuff in the decentralized space. But the question now is, is it possible for me to move from one to another easily? Um, and that's what the, what we call like interoperability. And I'm looking at Chainlink because Chainlink seems to achieve that. So it, Chainlink, I'm just looking at it. I mean, it's it's an, an idea, a thought, because I want to invest in something that also looks at ways different blockchains can communicate with each other and it'll be that will be easy for us to move from one blockchain to another because like that is the future right now so i'm looking at Chainlink for that um another investment option that i'm looking at of course are nfts so um i've been learning about nfts um in the past year and but this year i want to start investing in some so i i am I, I I'm into art like I can do some art pieces but I don't think I want to go into like minting my own nfts right now um but I do want to learn how to buy nfts before they get really popular um like identify and buy so that's like me learning a new skill but that's something I want to start doing um you know this year so but when it comes to an NFT that I have my eye on right now, it's um, it's definitely Fluffy Polar Bears. So interestingly, i following his work um, as a child. Um, his name is Sachik Adam. And, you know, the minute I saw, like, the Fluffy Polar Bears, I was like, this character looks so familiar. Like, there's this thing about his art, right? Like, you just know it's him. Um, so when I saw his name, I was like, oh man, it was so exciting. Um, aside from like the fact that the cartoonist is someone whose work I grown up, grown up seeing, um, I also love the community behind, um, the fluffy polar bears. So when you see an NFT with a really great and strong community, um, you know that that's like a really good sign that this is something or this is a project that is gonna last for a long time. So I'm looking at getting my fluffy polar bear. Um, this year, fingers crossed, um, really work trying to work on the logistics of that. Um, and by that really, I mean is, so when I invest in stuff, I have to prepare myself mentally and also find out ways um, that I can make the money available in order for me to make this um, investment so that in turn, I know that I'm going to get really good returns from this. So yeah, definitely learning, going to learn more about how to buy, like how to identify um, an NFT before it goes really big. And then also getting trying to get my hands on the fluffy polar bear. Yeah, and they're very, very cute. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's basically what I'm looking into this year. My strategy may change because you never know what's going to happen. But essentially, like it's going to just follow these main themes oh my god i'm so glad that i asked <laughs> because 
the first time I heard about Sandbox was in like a Korean movie. K-pop fans say hi. I'm not like a fan, 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 but I watched this um, K-pop drama called Startup, and I think that they all had like this incubation program in a place called Sandbox. It's like their own Silicon Valley sort of. Um, I never even knew that was a thing. And then the whole chain linking thing, like how did I even know that? <laughs> I'm glad I asked. Um, yeah, so uh, finally, finally, um, let's just wrap this up with um, some book recommendations. What books would you recommend that people who are beginners into like savings and investments and trying to grow their, their portfolio should read? What um, material resources would you recommend for them? Okay, that's a really good one. So the books I'm going to recommend are going to help you in one, if you're new, like kickstart your journey when it comes to investing and um, just like work on that mindset, money mindset aspect. And also the ones that will help you learn how to, you know, open yourself up to receiving more, um, especially like getting your mindset right when it comes to allowing money to come in. So the first book I'm going to recommend is Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. That book for me was a game changer. That is actually the book I read that got me into um, investing and working on my personal finance in the first place. 100% recommend. Another book that I'll recommend is You're Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. One thing about Jen Sincero is that she, she made this shift in her mindset and accepting manifesting more money. So that is something that you need to look into you could be doing all the right things but if you don't have that inner belief that you money is yours money can flow easily to you it's going to be really tough to have and to hold and grow the amount of money that you are receiving through investments right so if you are like oh man like I don't think I have time to read a book like uh I would suggest you also you could actually learn a lot by binging on people's work when it comes to especially when it start talking about money mindset and for me at the time um what I used to do I think as far back as 2016 was to read all of Genevieve Rackham's posts on Instagram so you could check her out um, at Genevieve Rackham. So it's R-A-C-K-H-A-M. That's Rackham. Then you know how to spell Genevieve. <laughs> um, so check her out on Instagram. And I want to challenge you to like literally read her posts from the beginning and go as far as you can all the way down. Um, I would preferably read it from the bottom up because like she has evolved um, a long way, right? But like... You know, not many people have that patience of scrolling down, but just read all her content. Now, the reason why I'm saying this is because when I didn't have the opportunity to have my hand on all these books, what I did was I used to read her content, especially on days when I didn't feel confident about myself in the area of money, when I felt like when I was freaking out, when it came up to the aspect of money, when I felt really helpless or when I felt unworthy about receiving money. And these are like the early days, right? I, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, what I used to do was to read her content. And whenever I read her content, it this mindset shifts um, it did to me was so powerful and so instant that after reading like a good bunch of her content, I would close from work and someone will pay for my bus ride home. Um, I'm going to, I 
receive money mysteriously. Um, someone wants to hire me for something. Like something just extraordinary happens, right? It's, it's almost as if it's like magic. Um, but really the truth is that her content helps open your consciousness to the immense possibility of money coming in. And because she writes with such potent energy, like you can't help but tap into this. And immediately when you start reading, the more you read, um, the more it shifts your your mindset, like the more you are opening yourself up to, to, to receive. And so all these interesting things start happening. So definitely recommend that you binge her, binge on her, um, socials. Like you can watch her videos or read her content. I think that's really, really good. She has a book that she just released last year called Sexy Money. So if you can get your hands on that, it's on Amazon. I think, um, the Kindle version is like 99 cents or something. Like it's really low, low price. But like, because I know her and I've been following her for years, um, I know that if her posts are that potent, you can imagine what the book is going to be like. So, um, her book, Sexy Money is also a recommendation. I'm trying to get my hands on the book, but I am, can re- recommend that with full confidence because I've been following her work. And, um, if you read the reviews on, on her book too, you see that a lot of people got some really good breakthroughs, uh, when it came to money. Another creator that I would look into, especially if you're into business and, um, you are working on trying to, to, shift your mind to accepting big numbers as normal. So I look, I read through her content as a way to shift my mind to accept big numbers as normal. So for example, what I mean by this is, um, let us say that you want to, let's say you want to make a million Naira. Now you don't really know what a million Naira looks like or feels like because you've never made it before, right? Um, but when you get used to the idea that a million is normal, it's doable, it's, um, this is what I can do with the money and all that, it starts becoming normal to you such that one million comes to you easily. Um, same thing with bigger numbers. So as you are growing your wealth, um, it requires you to grow and like get yourself, um, you get yourself used to like something a bigger number right because sometimes if you're if you don't do that you tend to plateau by plateau i mean that you'll be stuck at that number for a long time if you're at that stage where you're tired of being at your plateau right uh you're tired of being at that level but you want to like open yourself up to receiving more and in bigger numbers uh, i recommend you check out KC Howard, K-C-C-A-S-S-I-E, Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D. So I think her Instagram is KC Howard Biz, B-I-Z. Um, so check her out. She quotes like big numbers. Um, and this is a woman who is well on her way to making a million dollars a month, right? And I know maybe you're listening to this and you're like, man, million dollars? Is that even possible? Like what job is she doing? She's a coach, right? And, um, the coaching industry is is really big. I'm not saying you should all go out and be coaches, no. But what I'm trying to say, in essence, is um, she was able to break that big number. And whenever I go through her content and I start seeing these big figures, um, I start 
telling myself that this these numbers are normal it's a normal thing although like at the end of the day it, the goal isn't to get rich quick the goal is to actually get to a point where you're living the your dream life um and you are able to make a living out of something that you enjoy doing um there was a time when artists were like the rejects right i mean the, whenever you see an artist and someone's like oh i want to be an artist you like you do you want to starve but now with nfts um that's why i'm so excited about nfts with nfts um that is literally changing the narrative of artists right we now have artists who are making millions and millions of dollars um with their art okay it sometimes it doesn't make sense i mean if you check out pixelated art um on nfts you'd be like how does this thing um bring in so much money um and now like artists are really getting getting the upper hand in the in the space um same thing with writers and other creators uh like let's be honest um those who are into creating content like written content video word audio they were seen as the bottom of the rut right who are those guys like i mean do you even guys even have a degree right there's but now they are making hundreds and thousands of dollars right and, and i'm quoting in dollars because that is that could be your earning potential um just because you write and you're in Nigeria doesn't mean that you can't write as a Nigerian for the foreign audience. There are a lot of Nigerians I know who um were able to do this. So like uh yeah, it the world is changing. That's why I love the internet so much. The world is changing and um the potential out there is high, but it's important for you to recognize this and to bring this to your awareness all the time in order for you to tap into the abundance that's available in those different aspects. So I hope these books and um, content recommendations will help you. Oh, thank you so much, Mary, for those um, resources. I'm going to check out the creators and and the book. Personally, I'd recommend, aside from like the normal books, I'd recommend the ones on my, on my shelf right now. <laughs> I have like three on my shelf right now about money. Um, one is Business Secrets from the Bible. It's a Jewish book or by a Jewish author, um, Rabbi Daniel Lapin. I love Jewish books, um, so that's my thing. It really just talks about spiritual success, strategies for financial abundance, and I think it was really, really instructive. Another is How Couples Can Agree About Money. Um, it's a book by Bethany and Scott Palmer. The title of the book is Sense and Sensibilities, like C-E-N-T-S, Sense and Sensibilities. And the third book, which I actually shared with you, Mary, is like really, really confusing. It's Robert Kiyosaki's Second Chance. It just had a lot of graphs that I do not understand. And Mary was like, okay, I think you should like first start with the simple ones, you know, before you go into all those graphs and all those quadrants and all that. So, yeah, I think you guys, if you can lay your hands on any of those books, it would really, really help. Um, I also consume a lot of um content on YouTube. Uh, um, I consume content from Zoreni. She talks about finance a lot. Then Bukala, I can't remember her surname, but she's on Twitter. She's on, on, on YouTube. She talks about how she does a lot of bad, um, budget allocation, how she invests and all that. And um, I listen to Patricia Bright as well. I think she does a very, very, very good job on, you know, talking about finances, how you can 
allocate your income, how you can invest in the stock market and different ways on how to read these things. Like, okay, at this juncture, I, I won't say that I really enjoyed this episode and I'm going back armed with knowledge and how to do this better. So I hope you all learned from this. I'd love to hear from you. Please send me a DM on Instagram at unearth.u. Let's continue the conversation. And that's it. We've come to the end of today's conversation. We would definitely love to hear your feedback. You can do so by dropping us a DM on Instagram at unearth.u or a voice message through the link in the show notes. I'll see you on the next episode. Signing out. <laughs>